RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to Red Pill 78. As always, my name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and this is another edition of Red Pill News for Friday Night Livestream. Thank you, Dad, over there on Odyssey. Appreciate that, buddy. You guys are joining me tonight for a very special presentation. Ingrid Carlquist. Carl Quist. She is a Swedish journalist, used to be in the mainstream media. But of course, she wanted to tell the truth. And you can't work in the mainstream if you're going to tell the truth. Ingrid is going to be here with me talking about the problems in Sweden, as well as the discussion we're going to have about a brand new documentary called The State of Sweden. And then once that's over... I've got a couple of things I want to show you, and then we are going to do a call-in if you guys want to. So thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us tonight. I really appreciate it. If you're on Rumble, don't forget to hit the plus sign. If you're on Foxhole or Pilled, you can hit the gold, the uh, yellow, the red pill. And thank you for the uh, support with the gold pills. Over there on Getter, you can hit like. Over there on Odyssey, you can hit like. So sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. Right now, with inflation at 8.6% and climbing, you're going to need some help to get back to financial safety. And the good news is you can call Noble Gold and their experts will help explain to you the benefits of a gold IRA or 401k. So that way, you won't have to worry about a thing. And if you're quick, they're giving away an incredible one-tenth of an ounce American Eagle gold-proof coin with every qualifying IRA or 401k rollover. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold. So give them a call at 877-646-5347, or you can visit them at noblegoldinvestments.com. Click the link below. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. If you missed the live stream I did last night, the special Thursday night news live stream, uh, I I recorded the trailer without my headphones and I had a bunch of people message me and they were like, oh, you got a new haircut. And I was like, no, I just wasn't wearing my headphones. My headphones are right here. And these are best, honestly, for editing and reference so that I know that everything sounds the way that I intended to sound. But I figured I've got these in-ear monitors. Why don't I just start using these if I'm going to be live? It, it makes me look like I'm not in a studio like recording uh, a podcast. So I just get to look normal and I get to hang out with you guys. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight. I want to show you, first of all, before we get into the interview, so that you can maybe check this out yourself, 
uh, Ingrid Karlqvist. Now, as I said, she was a former mainstream media journalist. She's always been a journalist in her adult life. And Ingrid is very knowledgeable about the subject of what's happening in Sweden. Now, I said in the trailer, you know, what does it matter? Who cares about Sweden? We are not in Sweden. We are in the United States. Well, I think that there are a lot of commonalities between Sweden and the United States, and and you'll find out what those are if you're not already aware once we get into the interview with Ingrid. But they, uh, in my opinion, uh, were the template for what is being done in the United States right now, and frankly, what is being done in pretty much every Western nation. Uh, It's not happening in Russia, but again, Russia has a government that is interested in uh, what's best for the Russian people. Certainly, in America, we don't have that. We do have politicians who care about what happens to this country, but the people who are visibly holding the most power right now uh, don't have those best interests at heart. And that's why we're going to vote them all out when it comes to November. Uh, That's why we're going to bring in a whole new slate of America First candidates. And one of those people, of course, is my friend J.R. Majewski. And uh, somebody on Truth Social earlier today made a a comment about me running for office. And I was like, no, I don't know that I really want to get into politics. But I will accept a job at the White House press corps because if I was in there asking Donald Trump questions, I'd be like a Chanel Rion type, you know, not in the way that she looks, obviously, but in the way that uh, not afraid to ask questions. And man, if I had the opportunity to ask Donald Trump questions on a daily basis, that would be super, super sweet. So thank you very much already over on the foxhole from J2 Dank. He's dropping a can over there. Happy Independence Day weekend, guys. That's right. It is now July We are almost at July 4th. I hope that you guys are going to be celebrating the uh, birth of our nation. I know that that's what we're going to be doing here. We're going to be lighting off fireworks. I also want to say, um, I know that uh, there are a number of different ways that you guys can support me, uh, but one of those ways is Locals, and I'm sure you're aware that Locals and Rumble joined uh, forces. Uh, So back on YouTube, I had the ability for people to become a member of the channel, and it was supposed to give people, you know, certain privileges and such. Now, on Locals, you can join Locals and follow me, but you don't necessarily have to support me financially. So it's still kind of like a membership to the channel, but if you know, you're know you unable to uh, directly support the show, you can still see it. Basically, I've been trying to figure out, what am I going to do with Locals? Why do I need another place to publish the same content that I'm publishing everywhere else? It's pretty much uh, Foxhole, Rumble, and BitChute, and Odyssey. You know, those are the main places. But now that I'm streaming over there on Getter as well, it, it, you know, the live streams go there. But I think, well, I don't think, I'm going to, I'm going to start using Locals to publish videos like that are more personal in nature. So not me getting on here and talking about the news. I want to keep it separate because anytime I do something different, there's always going to be somebody here on the main channel that's like, I showed up. I want to hear you talk about what happened today. So if you don't want to hear me talk about what happened today only, You can join Locals, follow me on Locals, support me if you like, but you can join, and I'm going to be doing live streams there and posting stuff about, like, my setup. Uh, A lot of people have asked me over the years, how do you start a podcast? What does it take? What is the equipment that you have? And during that time, I've had the opportunity to buy a number of different pieces of equipment and figure out what works best for me. 
So I would love to actually be able to show you guys that stuff and show you kind of what I do. Uh, also, actually what it takes to put a video together. So that's what I'm going to do over there on Locals. And if you want like uh, maybe a little bit more insight into what I'm doing when I'm not recording and I'm not streaming for Red Pill News, then you can follow me over there on Locals. And again, it's totally free, but there is an option to support me financially. So Follow me on Locals, and you'll see stuff that you're not going to see here. Uh, let me see. Patrick Byrne uses Locals to do hour-long live streams called Ask Me Anything. Yes, I am definitely going to do that as well. So if you guys want to ask me questions about anything, you can do it over there on Locals, and you don't have to worry about me having to hit a bunch of beats about stories that happened that day. All right, so without further ado, guys, I think we're going to go ahead and jump into the interview with uh, myself and Ingrid. And then once that's over, we're going to go a little bit more in depth into some of the subjects that we talk about. And then we are going to do a call in. And if there's any questions that you guys have about the interview tonight or any questions that you have about things that have happened this weekend, uh, excuse me, in the past week, uh, then I'm happy to answer them and give you my thoughts on it. Uh, you can basically call in about anything that you want. But, you know, as always, uh, be respectful, knowing that there may be other people who also want to call in. Um, but I love having the ability to interact with you guys. And again, follow me on Locals, and we'll talk about other things outside of this. Mostly, I am excited to show you guys what I use here in the studio and the way I've got things set up. Um, the space that I'm in right now is not perfect, but it's the best thing that I've got. So, Hopefully in the, I don't know where that came from. Uh, I don't have any notifications turned on, so I don't know how I got that, no that noise. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to know how to start a podcast and what it takes and uh, what you have to get, then you might be able to see it over there on Locals. Okay, without further ado, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, grab something to drink. I'm waiting on a coffee right now, but as soon as it's ready, I'll be here with you, and I will be in the chats as well. So uh, 8% Swedish over there, Mr. Vax2. I think probably a lot of us have Swedish in us. I love Sweden. I love the Swedish people. I've been following the issues happening in Sweden since probably 2010, because that's when I first learned that there were these massive problems taking place. So I've known about Ingrid Carlquist, and I, I'm super stoked to be able to have this conversation with here with her right now. So here we go. Hey guys, welcome to Friday Night Livestream. As you probably already know, I am right here with you. I'm going to be chatting in the various chats with all of you, and I hope that this is something that you pay very close attention to. You might not think that Sweden itself is anything that America needs to be concerned about, but as you're going to find out, Sweden was the template for the immigration issues that we are seeing happen right now in America. And I think that Sweden can be a cautious tale for anybody who wants to know what happens when you import third world problems into a first world country. Because make no mistake, those third world problems come attached to the third world people that the Democrats are trying to load up American cities with so that they can ensure their future voting block. Remember, they cannot win on policy. They cannot win on the merits of their character or the things they do. The only way they can win in the future is if they cheat 
and if they import enough immigrants so that they can build up their voting bloc. So joining me tonight is Swedish journalist Ingrid Karlqvist, and she's going to be with us here in just a moment. So sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and enjoy my interview with Ingrid, and I'll see you after this. And welcome back, everyone, once again to another episode of Red Pill News. As always, I'm your host, Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector. And joining me today is Swedish journalist Ingrid Karlquist. And Ingrid, I hope I said that correctly. Yep. The the uh, the combination of the uh, of the V and the Q together in there, it's always a little difficult, I think, for native English speakers. But how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. And I'm happy to be on the Red Pill News. Um, yeah. All right. It's my pleasure to be able to host you. So I was introduced to you by a group of uh, anonymous Swedish citizens who had put together a documentary series uh, called State of Sweden. Um, And uh, you yourself are a longtime journalist. I'd like to kind of take you through your journey to where we are Mm -hmm. today. Um, So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in journalism and what was that experience like for you in Sweden? Yeah, I came into the school of journalism when I was only 19 years old. Some teachers told me I should be a perfect journalist because I'm very curious and uh, stubborn and I write good. <laughs> <laughs> and I had never thought about it. So I said, well, that sounds uh, that sounds interesting. That sounds fun. Uh, so I came into the school and I immediately... Uh, discovered that this is exactly me. This is what I want to do. I want to pursue the truth. I want to to make people, you know, aware of what is going on and uh, scrutinizing the power and so on. So I really felt that this was the job for me. And then when I started to work as a journalist, I found out that most of my colleagues, they didn't have the same uh, drive that I had. They just thought it was a fun job, pretty good pay. And um, it was nice. You had your name and your picture in the in the newspaper every day. And that was fun. Uh, so I've always been kind of a... Um, well, not really a troublemaker, but I, I've always gone my own way. When everybody else runs in that direction, I stop and say, what's in the other direction? Mm. Because I, I just have this natural instinct in me that when everybody runs one way, that's probably the wrong way. So I, I wrote about many things that made my colleagues upset. For example, I wrote in the 90s about uh, false accusations of rape and false accusations of uh, incest. And there were so many men contacting me after that, and they had the same story, all of them. The mother didn't want to be married to them anymore, and they wanted the children for themselves. So they just they just made this up. And, you know, in the 90s, it was crazy. People thought that like 50% of all children were victims of incest when it actually is like a few, um, uh, not even 1%. I don't know how you, what do you call the 1000s in English? Thousands, yeah, yeah. thousands of a percent or, you know, I mean, yeah, less, something, yeah. less than one percent is acceptable, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very rare. And when I wrote about this Finnish study, that was the um, the, the biggest one ever made uh, that found out that it was so few. Uh, my my um, mostly my female colleagues said that we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't publish stuff like that because then people might think that it's not very common and i said it is not very common 
That's the problem. That's why we need to write about it. But they were upset because they wanted it to be a big problem. And the one who, the, the Finnish man, the man from Finland who had done the study, when I called him, he said, wow, is there a journalist interested in my work? Uh, this has never happened. And he told me that when he had done the study, he was to present it in a Nordic uh, seminar uh, somewhere. And when he said these figures, uh, the, the, the Swedish and the Norwegian uh, uh, participants, they, they, they got up and left the room because they didn't want to hear about this. Hmm. And that's just infuriating yeah. why people don't want the truth. They want things to be in a certain way that, that serves their purposes. We have a real problem with that here in the United States, as I'm sure you're aware. But there, there's kind of a unique culture in Sweden, isn't there? I mean, like we think about the Nordic countries, you know, Norway, Sweden, Finland, I think for somebody who doesn't know a lot about those nations, they're kind of all lumped together because, you know, I mean, it kind of ethnically people are close. Uh, obviously, the languages seem close if you're a, an English speaker and you're yeah. not used to hearing that stuff. But I mean, it's almost a, a tribal type of um, culture. Is that correct? Do you think that's fair to say? I mean, each country has their own unique culture within it. And I think that's one of the things that is kind of being bred out of each of these nations as we get further and further into the future. Yeah, the, the strange thing is that, you know, the Scandinavian countries, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, okay. uh, Finland is a bit different because okay. they have a totally different language, but we understand each other if we, we want to. Uh, and um, we we are the Vikings. Yes. So, I mean, we have a strong culture, strong traditions, and we we used to love our countries. I think Danes and Norwegians still do. But what happened in Sweden from in 1975, you know, Sweden was the most homogenous country in Europe. Right. I mean, there were some, some Danes and Norwegians and the odd uh, American and English person living here. Uh, so I think that uh, the globalists decided to make Sweden their guinea pig. How long does it take to destroy a homogenous country? How mm -hmm. long does it take? Uh, and of course, they had their reasons to do it. And, and in 1975, the, the parliament of Sweden unanimously decided that Sweden was not going to be a Swedish country anymore. We were going to be a multicultural country. And I've asked people who were adult at that time, did you know about this? No, nobody knew about it. It was all in the dark. The newspapers didn't cover it, television. Nobody talked about it. And I guess that most of the, the members of parliament they didn't think that anything would happen. It was just a nice writing. We're a multicultural country. But of course, Sweden was always going to be Sweden. And the first uh, 20 years or so, nothing much happened. We had, we had some immigrants from uh, former Yugoslavia and so on. But in the 90s, it just, they opened the floodgates. And since the millennium, we have taken in, we have given 2 million people permanent residency, and that in a country with 10 million people. So and now like 30% of people who live in Sweden have some kind of foreign background. And it's not like it's a particularly large landmass either. I mean, the, the areas in which you can live in Sweden and where people are congregating, I mean, you had it, it was fairly filled up with Swedish people already. I, I mean, isn't that the case? <laughs> 
well, it's kind of a big country, but most of it is, uh, you know, forest and and uh, that's what I, that's really what I mean. Place, yeah, yeah, livable, places livable where land. you can't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think that's not the biggest problem. That is too crowded. The problem is that the people they have been taking into Sweden are from totally different cultures. Right, m- mainly the Middle East and Northern Africa, and they really m- many of them are Muslims, and you know that. Uh, in in before this decision in 1975, there were like a hundred Muslims living in Sweden, and now there are mosques everywhere, and uh, they are becoming really aggressive. They need the halal food, they need mosques, they need uh, to to have the prayers, uh, you know, loudspeaker uh, prayers, and so on. And that that and you see the hijab everywhere when you walk out into a Swedish city, you see them all over the place. So, and many Swedes, if in the beginning, Swedes didn't really notice because we lived in different areas. Mm-hmm. And as soon as there were more than 4% foreigners in an area, the Swedes moved out. So they could, they could hide away from it for many, many years. And now, but now it's all over, really all over the place and horrible things are happening. So, um, you know, there, there's what do you th- what is the difference between the traditional Swedish culture and these Muslim cultures from a variety of nations that are coming in? I mean, obviously, the 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 the, the practices, the prayer and the hijabs and stuff. I mean, that's the obvious stuff. But what about the people? How do the people differ and how is that causing problems? Yeah, the, I mean, the biggest uh, difference is that Swedes, uh, we avoid conflicts. Mm. That's a that's really a trait of ours. If we um, if we collide with the the cars, we don't go out and fight with each other in a fist fight. We go out and say, <clears throat> where are your insurance papers? And we sign the insurance papers. Right. And then they fix it. That's how we are. We don't scream. We don't fight. We we avoid uh, conflicts uh, and these people that has come here they are totally opposite of us they love the conflict so when they meet Swedes they think that we are cowards and we don't deserve better we deserve to be to be hit to be abused and raped and whatever goes on so that is the biggest difference and this has this is this was up in the parliament just a few days ago um someone from the sweden democrats that really want to to change things here to make sweden more swedish again there was one candidate from them who who talked who had a little debate with the minister of justice, a social democrat, and he said to the minister that we have such a problem with hostility against Swedes. That's the greatest racism problem we have in this country oh, right wow. now. Yeah, and he could back it up with with figures from the um, the crime prevention center. I don't know the name, uh, what the name would be in English, but. They they just came out with this report that said that, you, you know, young people, this is a new phenomenon since like one or two years ago, we call them humiliation robberies. Hmm. You know, they, they rob um, children and, and uh, 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 teenagers, not, not 
to get things. They want them too, but the real, the main thing that they want is to humiliate this Swedish person. And mm. it's both boys and girls. And this report said that seven. 66% of the people doing this, they are, they are young people too. 66% of, of them have foreign background. And 77% of the victims are Swedes. I know there's also been a huge issue with uh, rapes of Swedish women. I mean, yeah. you had mentioned rapes, but I mean, it's like epidemic proportions. Yeah. And quite often, uh, isn't it true that nothing really happens to the uh, the rapists themselves? I mean- yeah. They tend to get away with it. They tend to get away with it or they get six months in jail and they are never sent out hmm. of Sweden. Wow. Four, of, four out of five uh, foreign rapists can stay in Sweden. So the whole system is, you know, the police, the prosecutors, the judges, everything is polluted with this... Uh, political correctness and it's oh they are victims oh they don't know the laws in this oh they can't they are not used to seeing beautiful women without hijab they have all sorts of excuses for them yeah uh so do you think the reason they're allowed to get away with it is is because of that cultural uh, um i guess uh, policy in sweden where people just they don't want to avoid they want to avoid the conflict they don't want to have to make things public you know are they just hoping that the rapists are, are going to realize once they are found out that they just shouldn't do it anymore uh yeah because, okay that's that, that, exactly what i think that's wow. exactly what i think that many swedes and even many swedish swedish politicians think that they think that they behave badly because they came from a bad country with bad leaders and no right. democracy. And when they arrive in Sweden, they will understand that Sweden is the best country in the world. And the way we do things is the best way you can do things. So that there has been a naivety that's, uh, yeah, unspeakable. Okay. Is there any type of cultural education or training for these people when they come over yeah. to Sweden? Or are they just importing third world peoples and dumping them into the middle of the Swedish culture? Exactly what you said later that is exactly what's happened. And in this decision from 1975, it also said that the immigrants who come here, they are not going to uh, have to assimilate into Sweden and Swedish culture. They should be that they should be um, actively encouraged to go on with their own culture. So we have a lot of people living in the in Sweden that ha has been here for twenty or thirty years, and they don't speak a word Swedish. Hmm. Wow! Because every time they have to meet someone, a doctor or or the police or anything, they have free interpretation right That's, yeah. we give them everything and i mean saying to them don't become swedish you don't have to learn swedish but we give them citizenship and then they can vote but they don't know anything about our traditions our laws or anything you know, it's <clears throat> I've learned about this issue in Sweden with immigration and political correctness and the rape culture. Learned about this a long time ago, and it's been kind of staggering to watch it play out and to understand that this problem, these problems have existed for so long. 
and nothing ever seems to have been done about it. And of course, the only people who suffer are the Swedish people themselves. Just I, I, I just something just occurred to me. Wasn't there like a Swedish politician who was also raped by an immigrant or there was some politician in a Nordic country? And I'm just I'm trying to remember it. Am, am I thinking about this correctly? Yeah, it was in Norway. It was in Norway. Okay. Uh, yeah, and okay. uh, I think both he and his wife were raped, and then uh, the perpetrator was sent out of Norway, and they and they uh, and they did an interview for newspapers. We are so sad that he had to leave Norway, but you know, most the biggest problem in Sweden is the women. You might think that the women who are the ones who are mostly the rape victims, they also rape men, but mm -hmm. mostly women, of course. Uh, and it is the women's children that are being humiliating when they are getting robbed. You should think that women would vote for the Sweden Democrats to, to, to have this stop, you know, mm -hmm. stop this. But that's not the case. Uh, the Sweden Democrats are very popular among men, uh, but among, like, uh, I think, like uh, 30 percent of the men in Sweden would vote for the Sweden Democrats and only like 10 percent of the women. So that's a big problem. And I, I think it has to do with women generally um, are more prone to to think with their feelings than with their intellect yes so they feel sorry for these people the, the boys who came from afghanistan and they you know the afghans they're really they are so high up in the rape statistics but oh they care for them and they are so little boys and they they most of them said that they were 16 and 17 and we found out later many years later that they were like 30 40 right yeah, I, I've, yeah, I've heard that. I've definitely seen that. So mm. I, do you think it's just the uh, the innate culture of the Swedes that is is driving these issues because nobody wants to deal with that? Everybody's just looking the other way. Of course, they are welcoming people in. They think they're doing the right thing. There's kind of this like um, uh, phenomenon in uh, Western cultures where we want to open up the doors. We want to be these kind of saviors for other people. But then at the, at the same time that's happening, we're getting all of these negative repercussions as a result of it. And and people don't want to be politically incorrect, so they look the other way. So is it just that innate culture or is there a fair amount of indoctrination coming from the Swedish media and the Swedish government uh, to tell people how they should be reacting to immigrants and, and accept what's happening to them? Yeah, of course, the propaganda is uh, horrible and it's been going on for so many years that m many Swedes, they don't even understand how, how, how they are being manipulated. You know, they talk about the um, climate crisis and all that stuff and never, ever do they talk about the problems uh, that are connected with immigration mm -hmm. only when something big happens and they have to report it because it's such big news so yeah of course they have been they have been manipulated for so many years but now it's really hard not to understand what's going on because i think every swede now knows someone who's been raped or or robbed or abused you know in 1975 we had like 350 rapes a year and now it's like 9 or 10,000 
a year. Wow. So, yeah. so how are people who are, how are they dealing with that? I mean, once people are raped, I mean, is there a support network for those people or are they just suffering in silence because they don't want to offend the poor immigrants? Well, we have uh, heard some stories from some brave women who have um, uh, come forward and and they talked about it. I I remember there was one one young girl. She was raped by two immigrant guys, and they said to her, "This was such a horrible moment in this video that I saw." She said they. They said to her, you have blue eyes, so you must suffer very much. Wow. You know, the hatred, the hatred. And that's what this Sweden Democrat politician tried to bring up, that this is the biggest racism problem we have in Sweden now. Clearly. But the Minister of Justice said, no, that's not true. Out of all the hate crimes, only 1% come from Swedes. Well, why is that? Because the police, the, the hate crime police, the special, you know. They have a hate uh, crime police? police? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they are, of course, educated into thinking that only immigrants can be the victims of hate crimes. Right. So they don't even tell the Swedish boy or girl that comes into the police and say, this happened to me, I was raped. Do you think it is a hate crime? They don't even put that question to the Swedes. That's why the statistics are so upside down. So, you know, it's funny, Ingrid. <clears throat> Everything you're describing is very familiar to me being here in the United States. I've seen a lot of this stuff. I don't think that uh, we have a a as as much of an immediate issue, like with just tens of thousands of rapes, such a large or portion of the population uh, mm -hmm. being victims of this stuff. Uh, and maybe Americans are uh, a little bit quicker to defend themselves against something. You know, we have guns here. I, I don't know what the gun yeah. laws there are in Sweden, but somebody comes into your house and tries to rape your wife, he's going to die. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, so people, um, I, I would I would imagine that if there aren't uh, a, a lot of handguns and a lot of rifles in, uh, in the country, that these people know that. They know that the Swedish people are more easily to be victimized. But I see this happening. I mean, in the same way, that they imported all of these immigrants into Sweden. Uh, it's happened here in the United States and it's happening here. Like it, as I speak to you, I mean, our Southern border uh, has immigrants just flowing over it. And I've often thought as I've watched this kind of spill out uh, across the world, you know, it, it, it happened in Sweden and then they started pushing immigrants out to other European countries. And mm -hmm. in the same way, it happened here in the United States. So I feel like Sweden was the template for the way yeah. that they were going to kind of homogenize the rest of the world, not from, you know, individual cultures within these countries, but kind of just a, a, a general brown skinned future human. I, I mean, they they want to take away all these cultures and make this global race uh, so that we can more easily be controlled. Of course, you are absolutely right. And I do think that uh, Sweden has been the template that they they all they started here to see <laughs> how many years can it? Uh, will it take? And yeah. then they have, you know, different things in different countries. Um, but I think that the Democrats in in the US, they certainly learned their lesson from the Social Democrats in Sweden, because when 
around when they took this decision in 1975, the Social Democrats, they were kind of ready with their job to make Sweden more, uh, you know, wealthy and, and the welfare state and so on. So when the Swedes weren't poor anymore, they didn't want to vote for the Social Democrats. So they realized we need a new um, a class of, of poor people. So they really, they really wanted this immigration to get votes. And we yeah. see in the areas where many of these uh, Muslim immigrants live, 80 to 90 percent of them vote for the Social Democrats. So, and I mean, that's you can't. That is not democracy because they vote like the the imam in the mosque tells them to vote. Right. Or they vote for the party that say, we will always give you uh, uh, money. You don't have to work. We will, all, we will pay your apartment and we will pay for your children and blah, blah, blah. And that is a, you can't, you can't save democracy if you have people voting like a collective. You, that's not how we do it. We are very individualistic in Sweden mm-hmm. and it's, we we see it like we have to not everybody but most people think that they really need to to find out what is this party about what do they want and so on and then i will choose but they just do as the imam tells them so obviously here in america we have uh two major political parties we have republicans and democrats kind of simplifies it but it also makes it easier for i think the united states to be controlled uh, because when one party is failing, the other party you know, ha- has an excuse to say that they're going to do it better. But behind mm. the scenes, I really feel like it's just one uniparty. And maybe there are individuals within the political ranks of each party that have the interests of America at heart. But I think that the Democrats' interests are fundamentally flawed in terms of what they want to do. You're absolutely right. They're trying to import all of these immigrants because they're going to use them as future votes. Um, in many places where the Democrats Democrats are in control. They have uh, uh, legislated that these people can receive driver's licenses. And then at the same time, uh, they have reduced restrictions on identifying yourself when you go to the ballot box. So you can be a, you can be an immigrant, not have citizenship, not be legally allowed to vote, go in and cast a ballot. And nobody's going to say anything because the Democrats just want the vote. They don't care the destruction that it's going to do. Can you explain to us what the breakdown of the Swedish political system is? Because you had uh, mentioned the Swedish, I think you said Swedish Democrats, but then also socialist Democrats. And I want to make sure that everybody knows where it all stands. Yeah, we have eight parties in the parliament. (laughs) Mm. Seven of them are pro-immigration. The Sweden Democrats, when they came into parliament, mm, when they came into parliament, in uh, uh, 2010, everybody was shocked. A racist party in the Swedish parliament. And, and the, all the other parties just wanted to, to, to you know, just to keep them out. They're not going to have anything to say. But, but since the Social Democrats now have, have, has been ruling from, from 2014, and now there is election in September... So the the conservative side, uh, it's like uh, four parties. It used to be four, but now three because the one of them went over to the socialist side. Oof. So these are the three parties. They realized if we don't start working with the Sweden Democrats, we will never get into power again. Mm-hmm. 
So they finally started to do that. But now they say, well, we want to cooperate with them, but they cannot be in the government. Only these two people, two or three parties, but not Sweden Democrats. They are not ready. How can they ever be ready if they right. don't uh, try it? Yeah, you They've got to get practice <laughs> at the very of least. Course. Of course. And so I think that if they win the conservative side, the blue and yellow side, as I call them, you know, blue and yellow are the... Sure. Yeah. But what's it called? The colors of the Swedish flag. And uh, if they win, they will at least uh, lower the immigration and send some more people back. But I don't think that they will do what it would take to save Sweden. And that is no more immigration. Zero. And then start repatriating people. And you can do that in a very good way. You don't have to just throw people out. I mean, many of these immigrants that live here, they don't like it here. They don't feel at home. They just want to go back to to their own country. But since they get so much money here, they can't do it. They can't do it. So if you give them, you know, maybe you can start like we have many Syrians here. Maybe you can talk with the government there because they've said many times that they want their uh, citizens back. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe Swedish companies could could uh, start building factories and um, and houses and so on. So it, it really could be a win-win-win. Sweden wins, the Syria wins, the Syrians win, and the Swedish win. So that would be a very good situation. And since Swedish people really like to be nice, you cannot get into power here by saying, throw them all out, throw them out. Because we say, no, no, that's that's inhuman, that's horrible. But if you say, well, if it is good for them, if they want to do it, oh, yes, yes, that would be lovely. I mean, it's clearly what needs to happen. And if they're not willing to uh, deal with the issue when people are coming in, I mean, making people part of the Swedish culture, even here in America, making them part of the American culture seems to me to be the only logical thing. If you are importing hundreds of thousands of people who are used to using an open pit in the ground as a toilet and they don't understand modern plumbing, you know, it's just one issue, uh, then that's going to be a problem once they get into a first world nation such as uh, Sweden or the United States. Um, With all of these people now coming to a realization that this is a problem, um, is there an open conversation now in Swedish culture? Are people accepting that this is really a, a big problem? And are they willing to vote for the Swedish Democrats? Well, I think um, the debate is more open now. And I try to talk to everybody I meet, you know, strangers and so on. You just have to say a few words and then they say, yeah, I think so too. That's horrible. Oh, what, what, what happened to Sweden and so on. So. I do have hope. I will never give up hope on my, this is my country. I want right. to live and die here and I will not give it up for, for, for anything. So I need to have my hope. And, and I think it's, it's, it's not over. It's very close, but there, as long as there is life, there is hope. So if more and more Swedes really understand how big the problem is and what needs to be done, we will have at least the conservative government in september and that is all that is a start anyway that they can they 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 talk about this problem now so that's a good thing but i think to 
to to really save Sweden, we need another party that's not in the parliament yet. It's called uh, uh, Alternative for Sweden, and uh, I think that they maybe they will get in now this year, or or maybe in twenty twenty six when the next election is. Okay, well, that's good to hear. Hopefully, people uh, are are able to wake up and take action before it's too late. Because I think we here in America worry about that a lot, too. You know, it's one thing to stop people from coming into the country illegally uh, before it happens. But once they're here, once they disappear into the fabric of society uh, and when they're getting so much money from the government, that's a problem here as well. The uh, the government is paying these people to basically live here illegally. How much money do you know how much money the average uh, immigrant coming into Sweden is provided every month? Well, I just saw some figures the other day. It's like uh, if you have a lot of children, and most of them do, then you get like uh, almost 3,000 euro a month. That's pretty good just for sitting around doing nothing. pretty good. I mean, a family who works, two two people working in a family, they don't get as much money. So they actually... They have no uh, interest in working because they get more from the subsidiaries. So that is absolutely, and I think that a new conservative government would 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 uh, change that. So, so that's a, a really important thing that uh, n- stop giving them all this money. Yeah, I, at the very least, uh, I I don't think it's fair that they're giving immigrants more money than they would otherwise be giving to just a, a, your average natural born Swedish citizen. Um, you know, it, it's almost a, a, it is an incentive for them to come over there and because and how long does that happen? I mean, there you said there's no incentive for them to get a job, but isn't there any type of a timeline on that? Don't they have to start working at a certain point or are they literally able to live uh, off the Swedish people forever? Yeah, yeah, they are literally, literally able to live off the Swedish people forever. It's they can so go, dumb. You know, we have this free school for learning Swedish mm-hmm. and uh, you can go there for 10 years. And and never be able to speak Swedish because you're not interested in. But if you go there, you get more money. So you say, yeah, I really want to learn Swedish. You know, the the immigration that started in the 60s, 50s and 60s, when Sweden needed labor force because we had not been in World War II. So we we could, uh, you know, have a lot of the work done, but we needed people. And they came from Italy and Yugoslavia and wherever from uh, Southern Europe, and they came on a Sunday and they started to work on a Monday because the big factories really needed people. So they went down to their countries to say, if you come to Sweden, you can work in our uh, fabric. So, so you know, they learned Swedish in a couple of months because they needed to. They weren't given anything. They had to, to, to borrow money to buy furniture and so on. And that was a much much better system and i i view these people as swedish today because they speak swedish they they think like a swede and they love the country and their children are born here so i have no problem with these people whatsoever it's when they decided that you you don't need to be swedish you don't need to speak swedish we will give you interpreter for the rest of your life that's where the problem started and i think that they actually wanted this to happen. I agree. Yeah. 
No, I, I totally agree. What do you think the end game is? I mean, I mentioned a, a one world government, you know, kind of the the uh, erasure of all individual cultures and peoples and the creation of one global citizen, one global race. What do you think the end game is there in, in Sweden at the end of the day? I do think that is the end game. I do think that is what the globalists want. You you know, we have this Count Kalergi in in Europe that put out this plan, the Kalergi plan, uh, yes. many years ago, and said that he wanted a Eurasian Negro to be the race of of Europe. And uh, so they've been working for this during many many years. And I think that now there will be some kind of last battle pretty soon, I think. I mean, they tried with um, uh, COVID and that didn't really work. People didn't die as much as they had expected. And um, I don't know, are you Christian? I am Christian, yes. Yeah. So I think that we are really near close to the last days there are so many signs right now and if you read the bible you see that it's now i mean people have been saying this for two thousand years that we are near the end times the last days but now we actually have the things that makes it possible you know the 666 where you buy with something now we have the technology they've never had that before and so many signs and that all the world could be reached by the message and so on. So, so I do think that that will happen. And what, and that is, is making me um, happy because um, I, I know I will live to see. To see <laughs> it's Jesus. a weird dichotomy too. You know, I mean, I, I feel the same way. Like everything's yeah. falling apart, but I'm, it's, it's definitely exciting. And I understand yeah. that, you know, I know what's coming next basically. So I'm not worried about it. Of course, I yeah. want humanity to survive. I want our nations to survive. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's on God's time. And if it's that time, then it's now. I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, absolutely absolutely mm. so that's what i think will happen that we will have we, we, we will see uh, lots of people dying antichrist will come and lots of people will follow and and yeah you know the story absolutely uh, yeah. so so that is what i think and uh, but before that happens i really hope that we were going to talk about this uh, state of sweden documentaries i think that as many people as possible must see this because this is not only Sweden. The, the movies are mostly about Sweden, but this will happen in all the Western countries. Uh, so you really need to see it. And it took me like a couple of weeks. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it made me so upset. And I already knew about all these things, but to survive, you have to you know, grow some thick skin and forget some things because you can't go, you know, walking around with all those horrible stories in your head all day long because then you can't live. So it really made me so upset uh, to see it. But I hope that people take the time, take your time, take a couple of weeks, a month to see it all, but and then get angry and demand that something is done. And the guy who is mostly done this is a friend of mine who lives in America and uh, he promises family not to go out with his name in his face so that's why I'm the spokesperson for these uh, documentary series and he 
actually started to think, how can we take these Swedish politicians into some form of international tribunal? Because what they have done to the Swedish people is war crimes and, and crimes against humanity. They took a the safest country in the world with a homogenous population, everything was hunky-dory, and they just trashed it. And they are making, they are, you know, rape is a war crime. And this is a, a we have this rape wave. It's not just, uh, you know, the odd case. So, and how can we do this? And he tried that for a year or so on and, and talked to lawyers and, and people who knew. And, and then he found out, no, before this can happen, we need to show the world what the Swedish politicians have done to Sweden to make people enraged and, and to demand that this cannot go on. And those who were in charge of it, they have to be punished for it. I absolutely agree with you, and and you're right on point there. So, State of Sweden, you will be able to get to, this is for the audience at home, the links will be in the description below. This is a 12-hour series, broken into, I, I believe, six parts. And, um, you know, so the uh, the format of this, you know, can you tell us, we've been talking a lot about the, the issue with rapes and, and crimes there in Sweden. Um, are there any other major issues that have been created throughout this uh, destruction of Sweden uh, that are part of this documentary series? One thing that I think is very, very interesting that f few people know about is that Sweden might be the core of the deep state. Yes, yes. Uh, when I was speaking with the people from the state of Sweden, they had mentioned uh, the Wallenberg family, and I had never yeah. heard of the Wallenberg family before. Who are they and how do they relate to this? The Wallenberg family is a big industrial family in Sweden. And the reason why you never heard about them is because they have this motto to act without being seen. And uh, they have they have been. Oh, it's such a long story, but you know that the first um, national bank, what is it called? Um, uh, Central bank. bank. Yes. Central bank was created in Sweden. In I 1668 was, or something I, like I that. I was surprised to learn that. I had never I had never learned that before. Yeah. So there's so many things that point to that Sweden might be the um Sweden might be the country that invented the deep state and the Wallenberg family. Why haven't you heard about them? Because they never use their name. They have so many companies, among them the Ericsson. And they have the telecommunication infrastructure in 184 countries around the world. And you know that Trump, he was upset about Ericsson and they got some fine and it's still going on, I think. They, because when you, when you get into a country and you put up all the telecommunication infrastructure, you also can, you hear and and you see what everybody's doing. You, you can listen to everything. So you get enormous power by this. And even more than that, didn't the didn't Ericsson have a deal with the NSA or the CIA or the uh, precursor to the uh, to the CIA uh, to have backdoors into their telecommunications software and, and their infrastructure? Yeah, they had a company yeah. called Cryptograph yes. that were actually uh, doing that, uh, you know, listening to people. So they have, 
I think they know everything that goes on in the world. And uh, that is really scary. And most people don't know about them. They know about the Rothschilds and That's so right. on. But I think they are, they are, they're gone there. It's the Wallenbergs you, you must be scared of. And, and in Sweden, the Wallenberg family, um, they realized very early that the Social Democrats were going to be the power in Sweden. So instead of saying, we're capitalists and you are socialists, we won't work with you, they started to work with them. We had this agreement, I think, in 1932 uh, between uh, the Social Democratic government and and, uh, the capitalists, uh, mostly Wallenberg and their friends, they had this agreement that we will not um, we will not decide the limits for you as long as you uh, work with the union to get the um, nice wages for the laborers and so on. So they have been working together since 1932, at least. And what happened when, you know, Sweden has always been very proud of not being a part of NATO. We are neutral. Of course, we've never been neutral. We've always worked with NATO, but we weren't officially in NATO. And then suddenly Finland started talking about going into NATO because they got scared when Russia invaded Ukraine. And then suddenly the Social Democrats, they turned like this in a day. No, we want to go in into NATO. And then they had a meeting in Helsinki, the Swedish Prime Minister, the Finnish Prime Minister, and the Mr. Wallenberg was Ooh. there. Very interesting. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And when there was one Peter Wallenberg, I think, who died a, f- a few years ago, uh, the royal family was at his funeral. Oh, wow. That tells you something. So is, yeah. is is the name Wallenberg? Uh, well, I guess the, the question for me that I'm thinking about right now is how do we know that these various Wallenbergs are actually related to each other? I don't know how common the name Wallenberg is. Well, I don't think everyone who's named Wallenberg right. is a member of that family. But Raoul Wallenberg, if you know him, and that uh, supposedly saved a lot of Jews in Hungary. Uh, there is a story about that too. That uh, maybe he wasn't—he was saving Jews, but there were different things going on. So maybe when the Russians got him, uh, the Swedes didn't re- really want him back because they had different things on each other. He had been doing things that were not really in line with the Swedish government and so on. So I think I don't know how many people. It's not a common name okay. in Sweden, but you can call, you can be Wall and Wallberg and different kinds. But Wallenberg, I think most of them are part of the family, I, I think. You know, it's like, we, you know, just as an example, the name Rothschild, you know, not particularly common unless you're like in the business and banking world. And we can draw a family tree with the people who are currently out there publicly named Rothschild. I can think of maybe one person who is a public persona who is not part of that banking family. Um, But with the Wallenbergs, I I was just wondering if it was the same kind of dynamic. I think that probably with people current day, and obviously you could trace it back to uh, major uh, business and and governmental decisions throughout the years, they're they're probably there. It's not like it's the name Smith or something like that, though. Like Smith and Johnson be very difficult to track down the Smith family uh, if they were part of the the deep state here. But 
So with uh, with the Wallenberg family, you said that they stay in the shadows. You know, uh, are they publicly listed as like, you know, part of the central bank or like owners in large corporations? I mean, you mentioned Ericsson. Are are they like the family behind Ericsson or are they always yeah. bankrolling people who end up doing the public work? They actually uh, grabbed Ericsson in 1937, I think. It was owned by a man called uh, Eva Krieger. He was a big business tycoon, and he was a bit bigger than the Wallenbergs. He didn't want to do uh, shady business. And um, he was actually lending money to Germany. And if he had stayed in life, maybe World War II would, would never have happened. Because what happened when the Wallenbergs... Yeah, Eva Krieger went to France, to Paris, to uh, uh, attend a funeral of a prime minister, I think. And the next day he was found uh, dead in his hotel room, shot in, in the chest. But they said it was a suicide. Very common. Very, very common. Very, <laughs> yeah, very common. Very strange. <laughs> no, and... And when he died, the Wallenbergs, I don't know how they did it, but they just grabbed hold of all his businesses, claiming that they were bankrupt and uh, they were nothing to have. And then they just grabbed it. That's how they got over Ericsson. Um, and they have they have many companies, Atlas Copco, Investor, where they invest in, in lots of um, different businesses, they are really, really rich. And I think they are more powerful than uh, most families in the world. Do we have any idea on what their total wealth is? I mean, I've heard uh, uh, estimations for the Rothschilds, but I'm just wondering if they're secret enough that they don't have uh, uh, the ability to quantify that for anybody outside of their organization. I don't think that we never see them on the list of the world's uh, richest people. I think it's because they don't have um, they have their money working in the business, not mm -hmm. not you know collecting them in the bank. Sure, they also own a bank, of course, not the central bank because that's state owned. Um, but um, they have a yeah, the Swedish Damn. bank called SE Bank. All right. Not a bad gig, I would imagine that. Plus, if you own your own financial institution, I'm sure you could get very creative with the way that money is held in individual accounts. And then, of course, we've got places like Panama and uh, uh, South and Central America where you can go to tax havens and have anonymous accounts and people will never know that that's your money. Um, so what are we going to do about this right now, Ingrid? I mean, how can people help? How can people raise awareness? What would you advise on? Well, you have to see State of Sweden and spread it to all your friends and share it on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and wherever you are and talk to people about it. Because if you want to help Sweden, which I really, really hope that you want to do, because when you do that, you help yourself. Because if Sweden falls and becomes a Sharia state, which we will be if we don't uh, stop this and, and, and reverse the course. So you please watch it, talk to people about it, share it, and uh, try to send it to your politicians if you are... You know, an American, you, you can send it to send it to Trump if you have his email <laughs> or to your Congress um, 
member and so on. So there are so many things you can do. And I hope that if you are living in Europe, in Germany or France, or please watch it. It's in English, everything. So you will understand it. And uh, really, I really beg you, help us because Sweden is very close to not close to becoming a Sharia state, but we we were close to the point of no return when it will be very, very difficult to to make a lot of these people leave Sweden. So we, we had mentioned before uh, how people are starting to become aware of this, but what about the media? I, I mean, is this a problem that only people in the alternative media are discussing or yeah. is this breaking through into mainstream yet? Not really breaking through into mainstream. I mean, they they do write about the stuff now, but they don't put it in a context. They don't. Uh, they never talk to Swedes. How do you feel about this? That's happened to Swede, and they they would never do that. I, I read a story the other day in one of the biggest newspapers, Expressen. Uh, that really made a problem out of the thing that there are many Danish people and some German who buys um, summer houses in Sweden, in Småland, uh, where there are many woods and so on. And people, Swedish people think it's too, too, uh, you know, too, too much forest and so on. Okay. But, but Danish people, Dan- Denmark is a very small country, so they really love to come to Sweden to have these, all this nature to themselves. They were making a problem out of that because that's not dangerous. You know, Danish and German people, you can, you can, you can say, yeah, what will happen to all these Swedish houses if there are so many Danes and Germans who own them? But they would never, ever raise that in why is, uh, you know, um, all the Stockholm suburbs being uh, 90% Muslims. What, what will that do to Sweden? No, 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 never. So... <clears throat> The uh, how much do you think crime in general has risen since this uh, began back in 1975? I mean, was Sweden a relatively safe place to be? And now there maybe are places where you can't even go. Sweden used to be the 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 most uh, the safest country in the world. And now we have uh, the most. Um, all the other European countries, their their gun crime is going down, but in Sweden it's just going up because we have all these gangs mm-hmm. fighting each other for uh, the drug market. And uh, when someone goes to to uh, prison, there are just new coming in, and and they go lower and lower in the ages because if you're under fifteen, you can't be sentenced to prison. So they try to take the young, the really young boys, uh, like. 11 or 12 they they start you know with they come in a very nice car and they see two 12 year old uh, 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 boys and they say hi guys do you want to go for a ride in our car oh thank you you want to oh and then they take them to mcdonald's and they give them some money and then they and then they say can you do me a one favor just deliver this bag over there and then they are inside it and right. they 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 are it's very easy very easy to bring them into this and and um now i lost my line of thought we're talking about the crime so obviously the the rapes and robberies are a big problem you're saying drug trafficking is huge shootings Um, shootings. they are shooting uh, 
I mean, it, it, the first uh, six months of this year, we had 119 people killed in Sweden, mostly in this gang um, gang shootings. And it's just crazy. We we used to have like in half a, half a year, like 10, and now it's 119. So it's all over the place and the Swedes they go further and further out into the countryside leaving the cities if they have enough money some people can't afford to to buy a, a house country so. home and, no and, yeah. and no and then you asked me about guns it's illegal to have a gun in Sweden unless you are hunting, if you are a hunter, and then you need a license to do that. So there are actually many people who are hunting in Sweden. So we have lots, lots of guns, uh, but not in the cities. But people who live in the countryside, they have lots of, they have shotguns, they have everything. Okay, so with the Swedish natives leaving the cities, are they just being completely filled in with all of these immigrants? Are they congregating like say you so you mentioned stockholm um you know is that is the city gentrified or is it uh you know is it gentrified or are there specific neighborhoods that are made up of uh these muslim immigrants there are still specific neighborhoods but in malmo where i used to live i moved uh, some years ago from malmo because it was in it was impossible to stay there uh, there, the Social Democrats have been ruling forever and ever, and they now they put they they put the immigrants in the best areas of Malmo. You know, there's one area called Rosengård uh, that's famous all over the world, I think, because there's so many Muslims living there, so so much crime and so on. And now there there is this other area that's called Limham. It's by the sea, and it's always been very Swedish. And now they put up these new buildings and filled them with immigrants. So now this is called Rosengård by the sea. Hmm. It used to be a very, very Swedish and very calm area. So they're actually working on, you know, that's that's why the EU hates Hungary and Poland, because they don't want Europeans to see that if you don't have Muslim immigration, your country can still be nice and cozy and all that that it used to be and it's the same in sweden they don't want any city or any part of the country to to show people that there's a big difference if only swedes are living there or if we have this mass immigration people so that's why they try to destroy it all right right all right well uh ingrid we are just about uh out of time for today Thank you very much for being here. This is a fascinating conversation. I'd love to have you back in the future. And I'm going to go do a bunch more research about Sweden in these particular areas, because I really do think that this is, uh, you know, looking into the future. Okay, we can look at what's happened to Sweden and we can see that the same type of thing is happening here in our country. How can people find you and find your work online? Well, they can. Uh, my work is mostly in Swedish, as you oh. understand. So, so my website would not be of, of interest to you. But you well, can find me. We've on got Twitter. translators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter and on Facebook, uh, but mostly Twitter. Just just search for my name, Ingrid Kalkvist, as you rightly pronounce it, and I I tweet in both Swedish and English, depending on what the subject is and oh. what kind of you know, what I want to share. 
Well, uh, in uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is just for uh, uh, America that they do this, but there's a translate button on tweets. So if we see one yep. of your tweets in Swedish, we just hit that and it'll go ahead and show it to us. All right. It's and of course, OK, good, good. Uh, and then, of course, uh, State of Sweden. Uh, this is an important documentary. Like I said, it's six six sections it's 12 hours of of uh, of footage and th this is obviously a problem that's been going on for many decades so i think everybody uh is uh, needing to take some time and sit down and watch this stuff and once again thank you very much for being here ingrid i, r I really appreciate it thank you so much Seth. it's been a pleasure awesome we'll see you next time yeah bye-bye god bless god bless all right don't go anywhere I am still streaming. I am still going to stream. Let me let me do something here. I want to throw on some tunes in the background while we're doing this stuff. I got a bunch of things I want to talk about. That Kalergi plan uh, <laughs> laid it all out many years ago. Let me just get some music pulled up here. Um, yeah, so I see that some people were aware of Ingrid's work. I think it was Mr. Vax. Uh, he said he's been aware of Ingrid for a long time. Um, Ingrid is really cool. She'll be back again in the future. So I, Fredo was asking me how I came to find Ingrid and her work. Um, the people who made that documentary, State of Sweden, let me actually get that pulled up here on the screen and I can show you guys. Uh, you can watch it on Rumble, and I put the link to it in the description below, but uh, I will show you guys here, and I will go ahead and share it as well. State of Sweden. All right, and here it is. Let me see. Now you guys can see it. Um. So, yeah, so it's 12 hours long, and they reached out to me because I must have done a story about uh, the state of of Sweden and their immigration problem at some point because uh, they included me in this this uh, 12 hour documentary. Let's go ahead and watch the trailer, guys. in the streets, destruction of historical monuments, and the streets turning into war. Chaos reigns. Promises of free benefits are made. A racial divide widens. Friends are pitted against friends. Family structure crumbles. Leftist teachers are peddling a radical left agenda. Society crumbles. The demoralized person can't tell truth from lies. Facts are dismissed when focus is put on emotions. Our link to our long-held values and social norms are slowly dissolved. If a nation is destabilized, it's easy to demoralize individual citizens. The biggest problem is that most people don't know what's happened to them. The words image and appearance and outwardly are crucial to the understanding of the morality of the evil. While they seem to lack any motivation to be good, they intensely desire to appear good. Their goodness is all on a level of pretense, 
It is, in effect, a lie. This is why they are called the people of the lie. Let's talk about uh, what's going on in Sweden. A lot to... Uh, to... Well, that's a 13-minute trailer, <clears throat> uh, as would befit a 12-hour documentary. So here is the link. Yes, it does sound a lot like the United States. Uh, this is, like I said in the document, excuse me, like I said in the interview, this was the template for what they plan to do to the rest of the world. They took this country uh, that had a culture of tolerance, uh, a culture where people didn't really step out of line, you know, I mean, uh, and they were very homogenous and they trusted their government and they didn't even know that they had passed this bill uh, to bring in all of these immigrants and to homogenize the culture into something completely different. Uh, so the people of Sweden just trusted that their government was going to do the right thing. <clears throat> and I think that it's uh, very similar to what we had here in the United States. You know, people slept and they trusted their government. Uh, they believed that our government would never do what it's done and what we're witnessing take place right now. And yet here we are and we've got thousands of people on a daily basis uh, that are streaming over the southern border. Now that we've had this um, decision in the Supreme Court, you can see that people are gearing up. We just had a caravan of 12,000 people that headed up here uh, beginning last month. Now, excuse me, now we have another caravan of 4,000 people that are coming up. Uh, and as it says here in the headline, thousands of military aged males march to the U.S. border. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you think all those military-aged men coming into the United States are going to be, you know, weak, uh, ineffective, feminized men like these leftists would have us be here in America? Do you think they're going to be politically correct? Or do you think they're going to march up here as conquerors and do whatever they want? Uh, I mean, clearly we have seen the crime waves all across the United States as a result of these soft on immigration policies, the soft on crime policies that uh, liberal DAs have shown us out in California. Uh, I think that those people are going to be as masculine and as uh, as alpha as anybody else. Uh, and they're certainly going to be coming up here with the intention of subjugating any weak American males. So if if the, the leftists out there, they're going to be just like the people in Sweden. And I've already seen it here. Uh, I've, I've seen people, women on the left, um, you know, claiming that uh, they would basically do anything for an immigrant or they would do anything for a person of color simply because they are a person of color and they're guilty about being a white person or they're guilty about being an American. They're guilty about having some level of privilege uh, because of the benefits of where they were born. Uh, what did Fredo say? Fredo said, fascinating woman, great interview. More people need to realize how dangerous Sweden is before they make any vacation plans. Must be a fair amount of tourist victims. Here's the thing. <clears throat> it's very difficult to find any uh, uh, concrete data on exactly what's going on because the Swedish government doesn't want to admit to this. Um, I was able to find uh, some coverage on what's happening in Sweden. You know, in the uh, American media, uh, there has been coverage about this for a while. But, you know, I'd like to see 
Swedish journalists covering this, but Ingrid is one of the only people uh, that does cover this. Uh, you know, obviously we have had riots. Malmo, as she said, is a particularly violent place. Uh, these people have immigrated to Sweden and they have essentially made it a third world nation in certain parts of the country. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's not because of the color of their skin, although the Swedish people are attacked based upon the color of their skin. Uh, it is a, an, an open secret that it's okay to be racist against uh, white, Caucasian, European people. Doesn't matter where they are. They want people to be racist to people that look like me uh, because they tell them that white people are the greatest threat to uh, equality and democracy and liberty even. But that's not the case. The greatest threat is the deep state. Uh, this global new world order, this one world government that they hope to usher in. And I saw many people in the chat over on Rumble mentioning the fact that uh, our guns really are, are the only thing keeping us safe. And that's absolutely the case. Uh, we cannot allow them to take our guns away. We can't allow them to infringe upon our Second Amendment. Uh, and places like New York are doing that right now, despite that Supreme Court ruling the other day. Governor Kathy Hochul just signed a bill which is going to limit the ability of people to carry guns in certain areas. You know, and, and if you look back just a couple of decades, uh, you know, at, a, at one time in America, people were allowed to bring guns to school. They were allowed to have guns in school. And there was never any school shootings, okay? There was never any violence like that happening. They don't want people to have guns at schools because if you have a gun at a school, uh, then it's far more likely that you're going to shoot some psychopath who comes in uh, with his MK Ultra programming uh, looking to kill children and looking to kill teachers. Uh, you know, the schools where the teachers and the security guards have guns, you never see a shooting at a place like that. OK, nobody is going to be stupid enough to walk in uh, to a place where they're probably going to get going to get murked as a result of uh, making some bad decisions. They choose schools where there are no uh, effective security measures in place. You know, Uvalde. I mean, what a joke. What an absolute joke. Let me throw some music on here, guys. And I need to get the volume correct here. Let me turn this down. I just want it to be enough in the background so that I could hear it. And there we go. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. They were shooting at... They, yes, they were shooting clubs at school. Okay? I don't think the answer is to take guns. I don't think anybody here thinks the answer is to take guns. Uh, we need to foster a culture of respect for weapons and use them in the way that they are designed for. Yes, they can take a life, but that shouldn't happen unless somebody is trying to take other people's lives. Uh, drain the swamp. That's correct. We need to drain the swamp. Okay, let me turn this down just a little bit. There we go. Yeah, shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. <clears throat> So let me ask you guys this. Uh, I was talking with uh, uh, Digital Soldier Network Jeff the other day, and he told me that they are developing in Florida here a state guard. 
And I think that's probably the most intelligent thing we could do. Develop, it's like a National Guard, but it's at the state level. So it's controlled by the governors. And that way, when you have tens of thousands of illegals coming across the border, you can deploy your state guard to that border and stop anyone from coming over. Uh, I think that this is probably what's going to have to happen in Texas. If they keep allowing this, this unchecked migration, illegal immigration, illegal aliens to come over, then obviously it's going to destroy the United States. We're going to get to the point where it's 10, 20, 30 percent of the population. Uh, And once they have massive numbers like that, it's going to be very difficult for people to defend themselves in certain areas. Can you imagine? I mean, look at what's happening in California right now. Okay, they're they're overrun with illegal immigrants Uh, in places where they have high density populations of immigrants. Let's say Minnesota, as an example. Uh, Look at what's happening in Minnesota, all right? I wouldn't go to Minneapolis-St. Paul to to save my life. That's the last place that I would be going. Excuse me. But they have what is essentially, uh, you know, a, a Somali population that's been built up there. And you have people entering the government. You have Ilhan Omar, one of the most radical members of Congress, clearly bought and paid for by uh, a number of different countries, not the United States, Uh, not the United States. She is looking at her interests and how to convert the United States into a socialist nation. That's the worst thing that could possibly happen. I, uh, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the Kalergi plan. The Kalergi plan is what Ingrid had made mention of. Darla, it's okay. You can go ahead and uh, and watch the replay. Uh, RJ Pi, they are shipping them across the country. DeSantis sent them from Florida to Delaware. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious too. I thought it was hilarious when uh, Texas sent those illegals to Washington, D.C. as well. A couple of people were offended that I thought that was hilarious. Obviously, the best thing we could do is put them on a bus and take them back down to Nicaragua or Honduras Uh, or whatever nation they have come from. There is a legal path to citizenship if you are coming from a nation where you're endangered, if you're a refugee, there's a way to do it. We simply cannot sustain unchecked illegal migration from third world nations into the United States. That's a recipe for disaster. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, I I think that some of these Democrat-run cities are lost. It's a lost cause. If they want it, if that's the type of environment that they want, if nobody is going to enforce it, then let them have it, okay? Let the left see what's going to happen when they're overrun with illegals and there is no assimilation policy. They um, They don't make people learn English. They don't make people have skills. It's uh, it, it's going to destroy their lives at some point. And I think that only at that point are those people going to realize that it was a, a grand mistake. OK, this experiment has failed miserably, failed horribly. Uh, the Batman says MS-13 Latin Kings cartel soldiers have been crossing into our country and blending in till called to attack the USA. Absolutely. I, you know, I totally agree with you there. 
uh, MS-13 is a huge problem, and they have allowed it to happen. So those those soldiers can essentially be called upon at any given point. Yet another reason, another uh, rationale to ensure that you have uh, plenty of Second Amendment supplies. Make sure that you are stocked up. Okay, let's take a look at this Kalergi plan. <clears throat> now, I, the uh, the Kalergi plan, <clears throat> if you... If you criticize the Kalergi plan, uh, quite often uh, people are going to attack you and say that you are anti-Semitic or that you're somehow racist for calling out this uh, racist pipe dream. Uh, it is genocidal. Uh, Kalergi <clears throat> had a plan uh, to essentially um, homogenize Europe with immigrants and to wipe out the Caucasian race and uh, anybody from a Caucasian background. He said the European man of the future will be mixed race. Today's races and classes will disappear owing to the disappearing of space, nations, time, and prejudice. The Eurasian Negroid race of the future, similar in its outward appearance to the ancient Egyptians, will replace the diversity of peoples with a diversity of individuals. <clears throat> now, some years ago, I remember seeing uh, the cover of a Time magazine, and it was like the people of the future uh, saying that based upon all of this migration that was happening all over the world, inevitably, at some point, there won't be individual races of people. It will all be this kind of generalized, brown-skinned, uh, dark-haired person, uh, and everybody will be the same. Everybody will be equal because they'll all be one race. Well, I don't think we need that in order to have equality and respect. I think that what we need is to, we need to preserve our own cultural heritage. Uh, it's extremely important. And anybody who tells you that you are somehow flawed or that your reasoning is bad uh, because you care about where you came from or you care about uh, your ancestors and uh, and the history and the culture of those places... Those people do not have your best interest at heart. Uh, and I, I'm certain that they're not on the side of, uh, of good and righteousness in the way that uh, we are here. Gopher60 says, we won't last that long, Zach. <clears throat> well, if there's anything that I have to say about it, uh, I'm hoping that we will last that long. You know, I am not a person who believes that the victory of the deep state over humanity is a foregone conclusion. Um, and certainly as long as I am drawing breath on planet Earth, uh, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen. And I don't want you guys to believe that the fight is over because I don't think it is. Uh, there are a number of moves left on this chessboard uh, to coin the analogy. This is not over. We're not done. You know, we still have our nation, albeit flawed. There are major problems. And uh, I don't think it's over. I simply do not think it's over. So you have to have some fight left in you in order to um, believe that you can be part of that solution. Please do not give up. There are so many different things that you guys can be doing on a local level. I've said it ad nauseum. Pick something that allows you to be a part of the solution and devote some of your time to it. If you believe that the fight is over, then, you know, what's what are you doing here? 
I mean, you got to be a part of the solution. Otherwise, you're going to be a part of the problem. Oh, Marshall Rob, unvaxxed Caucasian sperm, $100 million a batch. Yeah, I, I think at a certain point, it's it's going to be uh, very, very profitable to uh, to sell your seed if you are a pureblood, both men and women. Uh, I think there's a high probability that the people who have been vaxxed are not going to be able to naturally uh, have children. Maybe some of them will, but by and large, I think we're going to be looking at a uh, massive problem with sterilization. Uh, and probably if babies are, are successfully born, uh, then there's a, a, a large chance that those babies are going to be disabled or, um, you know, they're going to be messed up in some way. You know, I remember years ago when <clears throat> I first realized that nationalism was separate from national socialism. And my entire life, I had been taught in school, you know, nationalism was somehow a dirty word. It was synonymous with the Nazis, but it's not. It's totally different. And the left today still says that nationalism is equivalent to national socialism. It's completely different. There is nothing wrong with having pride in your nation, there is nothing wrong with having the desire that your country will succeed because if your country succeeds, your people succeed. And only at the time that we can truly lock down all the problems that we have here in America, and we have to do that through nationalist policies, only at that time can we truly help people of other nations. And right now, the problem is we are spread so thin. They are allowing all these people to come in unchecked. They're giving out money hand over fist all over the globe. Okay, they're paying people to live here illegally for free. Okay. And then at the same time, the entirety of America, every citizen is feeling the pinch. You know, gas, food, your bills. I can't believe how much my bills have gone up, you guys. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. I'm... I'm spending more than double at the grocery store. And I've even, like, I've really cut back on the types of things that I'm eating. My diet's pretty limited, but everything is so much, so expensive. It's it's insane. Yeah, Mr. Vax too. You know, I, I've, I've identified as a libertarian for a long time, and I've said this before, but the first time I considered myself to be a Republican was when Donald Trump was running as a Republican. And, uh, you know, for a long time, I wanted America to have a viable party outside of the Democrats or the Republicans. But I think now, just based upon the way the country is going, I think that the best possible outcome, the best possible opportunity we have to take control of our country is to control the Republican Party. And I think that that's really what we're seeing right now. That's what uh, that's what we have going on. Um, so. Back to the Kalergi plan. It's a plan for racial and spiritual supremacy. Who is going to be at the top of that pyramid? That would be the blood aristocracy and, in Kalergi's own words, Jewry. So, these are his words. These are his words. Now, just because Kalergi wants uh, the Jewish people and the blood aristocracy, so the royals of the various nations, to be at the top of the pyramid doesn't mean that everybody in these uh, groups subscribe to that. Um, 
but I, I, I think that we would be doing ourselves a dis- disservice if we didn't admit the language that is here. You know, this is not like the learned protocols of the elders of Zion. You know, there there is debate on whether or not that is a legitimate document. We know that this is real. Uh, and it laid out everything that we were going to have uh, in the future. And essentially, uh, you know, this led us to Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, uh, and this global new world order. Uh, they have told us many, many, many years ago that they were planning to exterminate Caucasians and they were, no, so Swedish and Jewish. No, 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 no. Blood aristocracy. So that would be the royals. Kalergi wanted the royals and the Jewish people to be at the top of this pyramid. There's more than enough room for everybody to have their own nation and we can all rule ourselves. Uh, When you have a single ruling family or a single ruling body at the top of that pyramid, well, then the people at the bottom, which is everybody else, uh, is going to get the short end of the stick. Uh, So, you know, I mean, there's a a whole bunch of different groups that I can imagine would be part of this. Um, You know, I'm just going to say the deep state, because to me that encompasses all of the, the ruling families and the banking families uh, and uh, and the evil people of every religion, because believe me, I mean, we've got we've got bad people out there who uh, say that they're Christian. We've got bad people out there who say that they're Jews. We've got bad people who say that they are Muslim. Uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like these individuals use God and the identity of some religion or group as a cover story, you know, because if they wrap themselves in that shroud then they can come out and say, oh, you you only disagree with me because I'm a Muslim or you only disagree with me because I'm a Jew. Uh, and as a result, you know, you're a racist and you're a nationalist. And so therefore you are evil and uh, and we can come out against you. Uh, well, let me see. Yeah, $650 a month electric bill. I've my electric bill was like $250 this past month. And when I moved to Florida, uh, the highest was 120 So it, it more than doubled. It more than doubled. All right. So let's get back to talking about the Wallenberg family. Because you guys, I saw some people in the chat, you had heard about the Wallenberg family. Um, but I hadn't heard about the Wallenberg family. I had no idea who the Wallenbergs were. And the Wallenbergs, as Ingrid said, have been around for a long time. They're one of the most prominent and richest Swedish families. They control not only a bank, but they control many multinational corporations. They control Ericsson, so that's a good portion of the world's uh, telecommunications equipment. Um, They are uh, essentially the the same type of family as the Rothschilds. Now, uh, I had asked Ingrid about the the wealth of the Wallenberg family. Um, They have currently sales of $154 billion a year. I think I saw that their their wealth is estimated to be just under $500 billion. The Rothschilds are estimated to be just around $600 billion. Um, But again... The, the amount that they're telling us publicly and the amount that we can gather publicly, I think it's probably a fraction of the true holdings that these families are going to have. If you own a bank, 
Think about the power inherent in that. Uh, thinking about, you know, you own a central bank. How much money can you hide inside as many accounts as you want? You know, and that doesn't even take into effect Panama. You know, I mean, we know that the elites hide vast sums of wealth in in these offshore tax havens in these corporations. And uh, that allows them to be a lot richer than people even know. Uh, somebody had reached out to me when I first started on YouTube about some type of trust. I don't know what it was called and I don't remember, um, but it's essentially this this corporate structure or maybe I don't even know if it's corporate. It's like a legal structure. And this is apparently what all these wealthy families do. They put all their money into the trust. So the trust is owned uh, like separately from any of the people. And then the people become the beneficiaries of the trust. And somehow that money is tax-free. Now, I, I would imagine that you'd have to have a lot of money to open up something like that. So that's nothing that I have. Uh, and I've not had any experience in my own personal life with with these types of uh, financial instruments. But the structure, as I was reading about it, seems to be the same type of thing that the people like the Wallenbergs would have uh, or the uh, or the Rothschilds would have. Mm. So <clears throat> what Ingrid also said uh, is that the Wallenbergs have a family motto to work without being seen. Uh, so. You know, knowing that, I wasn't all that surprised that I wasn't super familiar with them. The Rothschilds, only in the last maybe 20 years or so, really came to the forefront, uh, I think, of people's consciousness. And maybe, uh, you know, if you had read uh, Bloodlines of the Illuminati when it first came out, because uh, remember, Fritz Springmeier is going to be on the show here very soon. I uh, can't tell you the exact date. Let me see. Uh <laughs> Penny, what's up, Penny? Good to see you. Um, oh, let me say, uh, let me do a couple of thank yous over here on uh, Buy Me a Coffee. Jay Sue, thank you very, very much. Uh, K and Mon says, we love and appreciate you, Zach. You're our favorite. Uh, and then Shay Lee said, great shows lately. You were born for this. You and Lisa have a great weekend. And then also Rosemary said, God bless. Thank you very, very much. Appreciate all of you. We'll go through the thank yous over here on uh, the Foxhole here in a little bit. But the Wallenbergs work in the shadows. The Rothschilds now are publicly known, and so people have paid a lot more attention to them. But I've always said that the information that we get publicly is only a fraction of what's actually going on behind the scenes. So my question is... Um, Let me see. Oh, Slug Trail. You're going to ask him if he stole all those notes from Jordan Maxwell. I had never heard that. I had never heard that. Um, and I don't know about uh, Fritz's relationship with Jordan Maxwell. I do know about Jordan Maxwell, and I've seen uh, a lot of Jordan Maxwell's, um, I guess, uh, speaking engagements. Um, Jordan had his own issues with people, so I don't know. I, I'll talk to him about it. Fredo says, someone needs to dig on Marky Mark. Last name is too familiar. Look into the funky punch while you're at it. Yeah, I saw somebody asking about the Wahlbergs. I don't know. I don't know if the Wahlbergs, Wallenbergs, uh, Wahlberg, you know, there's a couple of different spellings for it, but that would be interesting. So, 
So back to my point. The fact that we know these people's names, does that mean that they're the top of the pyramid? Or does that mean that they're just the public face of the capstone? Who's underneath there? Who is actually pulling the strings from behind? Um, there have been people, uh, what was her name? She used to work at, was it at the UN or the World? No, World Bank. She worked at the World Bank. Oh, hang on just a second, guys. I need to, uh, World Bank whistleblower. Karen Hootis. Karen Hootis. Okay. Karen had some wild, wild stuff that she came forward with. Uh, she is still publishing, but she doesn't do interviews. I, I asked her if she would come on the show, and see, she said that she doesn't do interviews uh, because I don't know why. But the World Bank has made a statement on her. Let's see. An individual named Karen Hudis has been issuing correspondence and arranging meetings in the name of the World Bank. In some communications, Ms. Hudis has presented herself as the World Bank's acting general counsel. Karen Hudis has not been employed by the World Bank since 2007 and is in no capacity authorized to represent any arm of the World Bank group. Any claims otherwise by Ms. Hudis uh, or her proxies are false and should not be viewed as credible. That was back in 2014. So... As far as I know, Karen isn't saying that she still works at the World Bank, but she did say that she essentially was able to unravel the uh, structure of the New World Order, basically, because she worked there at the World Bank, and that was their primary mode of, of funding. And she claimed that there were people at the World Bank that were not really people, uh, that they were the like cone-headed people, like what you see in, in the graves in Peru. Um, pretty crazy stuff, if that's true. And uh, there are some pretty interesting interviews that you can watch with Karen Hudis. But I, 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 just, I just don't know if the Wallenbergs are really the, the top of the pyramid. Um, now, they have been deeply involved in Sweden for a long time. They have the Wallenberg Foundation. Now, I have actually heard of the Wallenberg Foundation. I think that they they fund uh, like a public public television or public. Um, uh, Andy, um, are you saying that you don't believe the the Kalergi plan? I mean, I uh, I don't know what it is. I think that uh, the problem is when people try to lay at the feet of an entire group of people the actions of a single individual where it gets really tricky because that's like obviously not what's really happening. Um, and unfortunately, there are people like George Soros, OK, as an example, he identifies as a Jewish person. And he has been banned from going to Hungary. Now, he's not banned from going to Hungary because he's Jewish. He's banned from going to Hungary because of his shady business practices. Uh, he does terrible things to nations, and he tries to bring them to heel. Uh, he tries to import the uh, immigration issues that we've seen all throughout Western Europe. 
Um, and uh, based upon his actions as part of the deep state, you know, he's not allowed in Hungary. Uh, but of course, they call Victor Orban an anti-Semite because that's what they do. You know, they, they try to confuse the issue. Okay, good, Andy, good. I'm, I'm glad that we're on the same page. It is awful, you know, and uh, this is one of the things that's difficult for people, you know, um, like realizing that there are people within your tribe, for lack of a better word, that do horrible things and behave in ways that are counterintuitive to the uh, goals that we have within our truth and freedom movement. You know, clearly, we want humanity to thrive and uh, people will wrap themselves in that label, and if you try to call that person or that group out on their bad behavior, they're going to use that label to try to discredit you. Um, because Ingrid has talked about the Kalergi plan before, uh, I saw articles that were written about her calling her an anti-Semite, and that's not true. I know that not to be true. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it's horrible. It is horrible. And uh, I think that people need to be honest about it because if you allow yourself to be bullied into not saying the truth because somebody is going to say something bad about you, then we've already lost. Let me see. Um, George Soros, I think that maybe he had Hungarian citizenship. Um, I don't know where he was born, but I know that he was a Nazi collaborator uh, during World War II. That came out in that famous 60 Minutes interview that they tried to bury. Um, and uh, to see him discuss the wholesale robbery of the Jews where he lived, they went in and they took their personal possessions, they took their gold, they took their jewelry, uh, they took, oh, yes, Soros turned on his own people who the Nazis, when they went to try to escape or were in hiding, being Jewish myself, I don't even have the words of how I feel about this deep state evil bastard. Yes, exactly. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's Jewish. It has everything to do with the fact that he's a deep state evil bastard. Well, Andy, I, you know, here's the thing. Um, I mean, some people will. That's the thing. You know, it's like what we have going on right now. With the left, SJWs, okay, they they look at every single person with pale skin and they say, you're white, you have privilege, and therefore you're the problem. Never mind the fact that you're an American in the 21st century and chances are pretty good that your ancestors came from a nation where they didn't have slaves. Uh, and so therefore you have nothing to do with the issues that they have problem with. So, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. People are going to look at every group of people that have committed some atrocity, okay? Uh, like going to Chicago, okay? Unfortunately, uh, there is black-on-black -black crime that happens in Chicago every single weekend. We got so many people getting shot. And there are going to be people that say, yeah, the problem is black people. Problem is white people. Problem is Jewish people. Problem is Muslims. We got to get past that. I want people to embrace their heritage, preserve their heritage, but come together as people of Earth while maintaining their national identity. It's a difficult thing to balance, especially when you have the government being run by these deep state evil bastards. 
Uh, but the Wallenberg Foundation and the Wallenberg family have been slowly edging toward the Sweden that we see today. Look at this article I found in The Economist, A Nordic Pyramid. The lessons from a hundred years of a family's industrial empire, six generations of the Wallenberg family essentially running Sweden and the Swedish economy. Uh, and look at this. The Wallenbergs are also investing heavily into artificial intelligence because at a certain point, they're going to tell us that we are too fragile to make our own decisions. We're going to have to turn that over to artificial intelligence. Meanwhile, the elites, the deep state, the new world order, they're going to be making their own decisions. They're going to be making all kinds of money and they're going to force us to be subject to the whims of an artificial intelligence. And I guarantee you right now, there are AIs that go into people's chats, my chat here, other truthers chats, and uh, and they try to stir up a shitstorm. Uh, the Batman says, George Soros' father sold the homes from the Jews as they sold them out to Nazi sympathizer families. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's disgusting what he did. Hmm. Let me see. Oh, <clears throat> Samantha. Thank you very much. Samantha says the show is awesome. I really appreciate that, Samantha. Uh, and then also, let me say, Manda. Manda, I didn't actually give you a thank you on the app last night. So thank you very much. Um, so yeah, Manda had raised awareness last night in the chat about the VA canceling benefits of veterans who were present in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. That pisses me off more than anything else I can possibly imagine. You went and you fought for your country. You sacrificed. You put everything on the line so that you could protect what little freedom we have left here in America. And you went to a rally on January 6th in Washington, D.C. And the <laughs> and the cops opened the doors and invited people in. And next thing you know... The VA is taking your benefits. What about the families who have people still in prison, who have people waiting in the D.C. gulag with mothers at home with children who rely upon those VA benefits and uh, the uh, uh, and and the, the payments that are coming from the government? What about them? They're not going to be able to survive. Those people need our help. Yes, they have absolutely criminalized patriotism. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's very, very disgusting. Let's see. Uh, I'm just going to see what's going on over here on Odyssey. Cultural commentary says, when Mexicans are the majority in the USA, perhaps they will vote for the USA to become part of Mexico or to return the sections of the USA originally claimed by Spain to Mexico. I, I hope that doesn't happen. And I hope that we don't have any person of any outside nation that becomes the majority here in America. You know what I remember? I remember growing up and being taught that America was the melting pot, that we were this incredible experiment, this grand republic where people from all over the world could come with their own individual cultures and they would assimilate to become an American, but at the same time, they were proud of their national heritage and the identity of the places that they came from. 
you know, and you go to places like, I don't know, New York or you know, any any city where they had a lot of immigrants coming in. And you would have these little neighborhoods and boroughs and, uh, you know, Little Italy or, um, I don't know, Chinatown, all these different places. And you could go there and you could experience that rich cultural heritage of those people and where they came from. But they want to do away with that. They want to do away with it. Dehexed was, was that 2020? I thought that was 60 minutes. I thought it was 60 minutes. Well, I saw this article too. Protectionism is leading the world in completely the wrong direction, Swedish billionaire says. This is Marcus Wallenberg. He's the chair of the private banking group SEB, Seb, Seb Bank. Uh, and, oh, here they say, oh, they, they have holdings in AstraZeneca. Wouldn't you know it? Ericsson, Saab, and NASDAQ. Worth $278 billion, according to the Financial Times. Protectionism is leading the world in the wrong direction. I don't think so. I think lack of protectionism is leading the world in the wrong direction. We are destroying every country in the world because the politicians have lost that respect for the people they're supposed to be representing, and they're not protecting them. They're selling each nation out to the highest bidder. And sometimes that means that business and industry are going to other countries like China uh, or in the automobile industry. They're sending jobs down to Mexico. And that's part of the plan to kind of homogenize the world. They want to create third world nations in every country. They want everybody to be making the same amount of money. They want everybody to have the same standard of living. And unfortunately, that means depressing, decreasing the standard of living, decreasing the wages here in America. We have we have lost so much over the years, you know, and it's not a new problem. It's not like it just started. And that's a big deal. That's a really big deal, and it's a huge issue to try – to reconcile, you know, what are we going to do? Well, I mean, I feel like we are now doing something for the first time in history. You know, let's take a look at the Rothschilds, $400 billion they supposedly have. I think that it's probably a lot more. All right, so we had the reality of Sweden's mig migration problem. That's in the National Review. Not surprised to see it there. Do have it being reported on in The Guardian as well. Sweden's failed integration creates parallel societies. So not, not forcing people to integrate is perpetuating the issue we have right there. Here's some good news. Really wanted to talk about this. I'm sure you guys are aware. The Texas state GOP uh, created a resolution as part of the official party platform of the Texas GOP that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. Well, we've had it happen here in another nation, Langdale County, Wisconsin, uh, also Maricopa County, Arizona. Very important that it's happening in there. Um, we need to see this happening in more states throughout the nation. Freight Awakening, feeling really bad for Bed Bath & Beyond after giving the middle finger to Mike Lindell. Can't afford to run AC in the summer. Sounds like a great shopping experience. Yes, and they just fired the same CEO who made the decision. Uh, 
to give that middle finger to Mike Lindell. You know, I, I will not shop at Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, and when we came to Florida, I probably could have used the services of a Bed Bath & Beyond, but I'm not going to support them ever again. Just like I'm never going to give my money to Disney ever again. There's a lot of companies out there that I will not support financially, and I will go out of my way to find places to spend my money so that I don't have to. Uh, I love the fact that Bed Bath & Beyond can't afford to run air conditioning in those giant steel boxes. Imagine, you guys ever been in a, a, a just, you know, <laughs> a small room that doesn't have air conditioning with no windows? Uh, you know, maybe they're going to have floor fans, uh, but... I mean, if, if you're in a warehouse with a bunch of fans blowing air through, you know, you're not going to be able to have a conversation with people. Stuff's going to be flying all over the place. Maybe products are flapping around on the wall. It's not the type of experience that you want. Let me see. So let's read through this. Republican Party of Langdale County. This is from June 30th. Whereas in solidarity with the Republican Party of Texas and the Republican Party of Maricopa County, Arizona, and their recent resolutions to reject the 2020 elections. And whereas we believe the 2020 election violated Article 1 and 2 of the U.S. Constitution that various secretaries of state throughout the country and the Wisconsin election commissions illegally circumvented their state legislatures in conducting their elections in multiple illegal ways including allowing ballot harvesting, ballot trafficking, and the use of ballot boxes not under the observation of election officials, encouraging people to register as indefinitely confined, not following the law related to voting at nursing homes, encouraging clerks to cure ballots with incomplete information and registering voters without verified picture identification. And whereas the 2000 Mules documentary using publicly collected evidence of geotracking and municipal video surveillance, irrefutably proves election fraud occurred in Milwaukee County during the 2020 election in the form of ballot trafficking through ballot boxes. And whereas the Legislature Audit Bureau report, the Assembly Committee of Campaigns and Elections Investigation and Hearings, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty Investigation and Report, and Michael Gableman's investigation and second interim investigative report, which was presented to the Assembly Committee on March 1st, all found significant inconsistencies and discrepancies in the 2020 election. Now, therefore, be it resolved, the Republican Party of Langdale County, Wisconsin, formally rejects the certified results of the 2020 presidential election, and we hold that acting President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was not legitimately elected by the people of the United States. We strongly urge all Republicans to work to ensure election integrity and correct all fraud and weaknesses identified in the 2020 election. And be it further resolved, we ask and encourage the Wisconsin state legislature to do everything in their power to dissolve and defund the WEC and put the responsibility of election integrity in the hands of the elected position of the Secretary of State, and that the Wisconsin legislature also do everything in their power to complete all ongoing investigations of the 2020 election, including Michael Gableman's investigation, to ensure no cheating happens in future elections. And be it finally resolved, we encourage every other Republican county party in both the state of Wisconsin 
and all other states that experience voter fraud and cheating to issue a similar resolution to reject the 2020 election results. Is there anyone else here in the chat who is connected in any way to their county Republican Party? Please give me a one in the chat if you are, because I'm going to ask a very simple request. I'm going to ask every single person here to get in touch with their county Republican Party and make them aware of the actions taking place in Texas, of the actions taking place in Wisconsin and in Arizona, because all it took was one state. We had the entire state of Texas reject the results of the 2020 election. And then shortly after that, we also have Arizona and Wisconsin. I'm going to be calling the Republican Party chair down here in my county. I'm urging every single person here to do the exact same thing. To make sure that these people are aware of what's happening in these states. Make sure that they're aware of 2,000 mules. Make sure that they are aware of the fraud that took place. If they know about the fraud, then your first question should be, why haven't you put something in writing? Why haven't you made it official that we the people reject the results of the 2020 election? Because it was a fraud. It was BS. I see. <laughs> yes, J. Drish 76. His name is Joseph Robinette Biden. I have never heard the name Robinette until I saw it with Joseph R. Biden Jr. Fredo says, on a side note, have you had any correspondence with Greg Phillips? I remember him saying that he planned on inviting 50 or so people like yourself to a private meeting before he drops his Moab. No, but I was planning on reaching out to him uh, to get an update and to see what was going on. I'm also in pretty regular contact with Peter Tickton, with President Trump's attorney. I love saying that. President Trump's attorney. And I are now friends. <laughs> oh, that's got to be pissing some people off out there, I imagine. Mm. Peter Tickton is a, a fine gentleman. He's a patriot. He's a good guy. And uh, he's running some very important legal cases here. And I'm hoping that I can bring you guys some news very, very soon. Oh, Andy, you're from Oakland County? I, I'm I'm a native Michigander myself. Obviously, I'm in Florida now, but I'm a native Michigander. Give us a format. Gov us, gov, gov USA format. Hard Knocks PhD, can you put that into slightly different language so that I can understand? Okay. So, yeah. I never ever believed that I would be anywhere near a close proximity to President Trump. And so, you know, I look up to President Trump, obviously. I think that many of us do. And, um, oh, oh, here's a great thing I wanted to talk about, guys. I really wanted to bring this up. Okay. Maybe I, uh, this is an email that I got, and I'm not going to say the person's name because I don't want them to be targeted or anything. 
I never, if people disagree with me, guys, or if people, I don't know, say something publicly or like ask a question about something that I've said, I just want you to know I don't ever want um, you guys to attack them publicly. I don't think that most people would, but I've noticed that when people have said things online, it seems like some people are protective of my good name. And I really appreciate that because I only have one thing that matters really when it comes to like my interactions with you guys publicly. And that's like who I am as a person, you know, obviously um, my character and um, you know, who I am, that means everything to me. So if somebody calls my character into question, uh, obviously that's something that I will address. And I had some people disagreeing with me this week, and that's fine. I think that's fine. Um, but uh, I think that, uh, as I said the, just yesterday, people have a problem reacting with their emotions and not carefully considering the content of their words before they deliver them. And I think that's something that people need to uh, get a little bit more adept at. Okay, so somebody sent me an email, and they said, I've been thinking... Uh, could my man Donald J. Trump and the Dems be on the same side? Forget the gay talk. Think about the money. DJT started the fascism with the government fed corporate bond buys and Joe Biden continued. I think we are being set up. He is too squeaky clean and the impeachment hearings clean and the no, and the impeachment hearings, etc. are to polarize everyone to his side. He had that in 2016. We are bamboozled. By the deep state again, how do you think they got in? So he didn't want to crash during his administration. Then he manipulated all the way up in 2019. So what will be different in 2024 if Republicans get control again? Crash the dollar? I think that's bad faith in man. Trust God, and that's not DJT. We are on our own. DJT is deep state. Convince me I'm wrong. By the way, I don't plan on missing any of your shows. Uh, but a balance in this opinion is different than anything I heard on other shows. I think people should be buying medals now. And I vote Republican. We'll call him Jay. Jay, you may be here tonight. So here is uh, what I have to say about that. Donald Trump was elected in 2016 to a rigged system, both politically and financially. And it was necessary for him to operate in that rigged system. He showed America what could be possible uh, through policy and decision-making that was different from what we had seen before. You know, they told us for decades that things were as good as they could be. They could only do so much to fix the problems that we had. DJT showed us that that wasn't true. And let me just take you through this. So Donald J. Trump, has not benefited financially or personally uh, from his time in office as president. He and his family have been persecuted. They have been uh, attacked. They have been maligned uh, in the press. Uh, they have been defamed. He has had his wealth reduced. His businesses has su have suffered. Uh, and on the other side of that coin, the deep state, has had their agenda suffer as well. Just, so, let's exercise this out. So let's just say that 
Hillary and Bill are sitting there at dinner, and I know that there's people above Hillary and Bill, but let's just say if there was going to be a scenario where Donald J. Trump was aligned with the deep state, they're sitting around, they're having dinner, <clears throat> they're drinking a... <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Okay. Uh, they are discussing how they want to best take over the world. And Hillary says, hey, I hear Donald Trump is running. Hear me out. I got a crazy idea. Let's let's help Donald Trump get elected. And in doing so, he's going to put a like quick halt on all of the good work we've been doing over the years, trying to destroy America and import all these migrants and, you know, devalue the dollar and demoralize the people. We're going to let Donald Trump get elected, you know, and he's cool with this because, you know, we're friends behind the scenes. Donald Trump gets elected. He comes in and he turns things around financially. Uh, he gets rid of a bunch of policies that we put in place because we hate America and we hate the American people. Uh, he's going to start building a wall to uh, secure the borders of our nation. But secretly, he's going to be working with us and we're going to destroy his businesses and we're going to um, make him to be essentially the same as Hitler and the American people will love him because he's helping them. But then we're going to steal the election. We're going to get him out of office. And then Donald J. Trump and I, Hillary Clinton, will walk down the escalator holding hands and we're going to throw our hands up at the end and it was all just to manipulate the American people. I don't see that happening. I simply don't see Donald Trump as a part of the deep state working with the deep state. That doesn't make any sense to me. There would have been a far easier path to controlling America than disrupting all of the plans the deep state had during those four years. I mean, it was clear that they panicked. I don't think that the impeachment hearings have been an attempt to polarize America towards Donald J. Trump. I think the impeachment hearings were an attempt uh, to demonize Donald Trump in the minds of the American people. So they had nothing on him. It is possible that he truly is as squeaky clean as we believe him to be. I think it's totally possible that Donald J. Trump really is a good guy and that he loves America. And he was willing to sacrifice his own personal fortune, his own good name, his own brands, his own properties, just to try to return the power to we the people. I think that that's a lot more likely than Donald J. Trump being secretly aligned with the deep state and somehow putting the deep state in power. What's happened since Donald J. Trump came into office? <clears throat> well, I can say for me, it gave me hope that we could save America. It gave me hope that our country wasn't already gone. It gave me hope that there truly are solutions that can be implemented in order to turn things around and move us in the right direction. Why would the deep state want to give us hope? Why would they want to uh, allow <clears throat> policies to be changed that could better our lives? Why would they want to increase everybody's 
wealth? Why would they want to make anything good? We were on a steady decline until Donald Trump came into office and we got boosted. Those impeachment hearings were an attempt to destroy him, to convict him in the minds of Americans. The January 6th hearings are essentially the same thing. They're trying to do it again for Donald Trump, but they're also trying to poison patriots in the minds of everybody else. They want to convince you that the actions on January 6th were tantamount to uh, a civil war here in America, but it wasn't. They are hoping to use the television and the programming on your mobile devices, your iPhones, your iPads, your Androids. All the news you're getting is January 6th insurrectionist. Donald Trump uh, created an insurrection. Donald Trump wanted to overturn the country. They're desperate. As far as I can tell, they are desperate. They had a plan to destroy America, and they had to do it gradually. So gradually that people just kind of felt like that was normal. Well, America's turning to shit. I guess that's just the way it goes. What can I do? I'm just sitting at home watching television. I've got to go to work. And then I got to mow the lawn. I don't have time to save America. Well, F that. Okay? Because Donald Trump came into office and he showed us the power of one man. He gave us a rallying cry. He gave us a point for us to congregate around. And as a result of Donald Trump coming into office, more Americans are awake and aware to the wholesale thievery going on, to the corruption in Washington, D.C., to the organized criminal efforts of the deep state. More people are aware of the corruption in the pharmaceutical industry, in the institutions that we are supposed to support, that we are supposed to believe have our best interests in mind. None of these people have our best interests in mind. None of these organizations give two shits about the American people. Donald Trump, as far as I can tell, was the first person since Reagan. And look what happened to Reagan. They tried to kill him. He knew. Okay, George, I guess I'm not supposed to do such a good job. They tried to kill Donald Trump like two dozen times. So, no, I don't think Donald Trump is part of the deep state. Although that would be a pretty funny meme to see him and Hillary walking down the escalator hand in hand. Victory! We did it! We tricked the American people! They thought you were a good guy, Donald, but you're really one of us. Oh, that's not how it happened, and that's not what's happening. I appreciate having the opportunity to thought exercise things like that because, you know, it just makes it clearer in my mind that Donald Trump truly is fighting for we the people. I want to talk about need versus want also because I think uh, I see this a lot. I see we need Donald Trump back. We need it now. America can't survive, but we do. We keep surviving. We have survived through darker times than this. And maybe it seems dire because now you know about it, because now you're aware of what's truly happening. But it's going to take as long as it's going to take. And I'll tell you what we need. What we need is every single one of you out there in the streets. 
We need every single one of you taking part in this broken system so that we can fix it. We need every voice in America to raise in unison and say, damn it, I'm not going to take it anymore. That's what we need. Donald Trump is one man, but we are 300 plus million. That's what we need. They are an infinitesimal small part of the fabric of America. Yes, they have money. Yes, they have power. Yes, they have influence. Okay, but we have numbers. We have a lot more than them. Uh, I'm sorry, but anyone thinks DJT is deep deep state is smoking Parmesan cheese with Hunter. He helped take down the New York mob. That's what the deep state does. Take down their own MSM attacks for seven years. That's what I'm saying. Donald Trump also worked to take down Jeffrey Epstein. Nobody talks about that. Anytime these libtards glibly post a picture of Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein at uh, at Mar-a-Lago, they're like, oh, Donald Trump's a pedo. Look, he was hanging out with Epstein. How many other people were at Mar-a-Lago on the nights that Jeffrey Epstein was there? Do those same people realize that Donald Trump banned Jeffrey Epstein from Mar-a-Lago? Do those same people realize that Donald Trump went to the, the authorities specifically about Jeffrey Epstein's activities with young girls? Do those people know that Donald Trump was an informant working with the FBI and Rudy Giuliani to take down the New York mob, the Atlantic City mob? No, they don't know any of that. All they say is that here's a picture of Epstein with Donald Trump. Well, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but a picture of one person with another person doesn't mean anything. I'll tell you what does mean something. The picture of Bill Clinton with Rachel Chandler flying on Jeffrey Epstein's airplane. That means something. That is something that you'd want to follow. That's what you'd want to look into. Do we find Donald Trump taking trips to Jeffrey Epstein's island? No. But we got Bill Clinton on there. (laughs) We got Bill Clinton and Kevin Spacey on the same flight. There are a lot of different ways that you can look look at the deep state and different trails you can follow, different threads you can unravel. But Donald Trump is not part of the deep state. That would be the stupidest way for the deep state to go about doing their business. They don't have time. They don't have time to to create some overcomplicated, ridiculous ruse and make Donald Trump be some bad guy. You know, why would Donald Trump have bothered to do anything positive for America? He would have just kept on keeping on. It would have been so easy for him to get elected, okay, and then say, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm not really going to change things, you know? I like money. I like making money. I, I like, you know, making the, the Democrats happy. Donald Trump is a patriot. Donald Trump was working on this issue way, 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 way long ago, Okay. Now, I want to go back to needing and wanting. I love Donald Trump. Absolutely. Respect that man. 100%. I truly believe he is a man of the people. He is working on the Patriot side. He is not deep state. But he is just one man. We need America. We need a nation of Patriots to rise up. We need to be that unstoppable force. 
because I, I hate to say it, I know people don't want to hear it, however small a chance it is, there is a chance that Donald Trump does not come back to politics. I, I, I would love for Donald Trump to come back. I want him back now. But will I survive without him? Yes, I think all of us will survive. The most important thing is the movement of truth seekers that we've created. Fredo says they use Oprah appearances to point at his allegiances as well. Weak arguments. Yeah, weak sauce, weak sauce. They tried so hard to dig stuff up on him, but nothing. Forced to make shit up like choking his Secret Service detail. Yeah, that's the thing. You find me some legit dirt on Donald Trump that would have already been out there in the middle of those hearings. Adam Schiff, how many months, how many years was Adam Schiff saying, you know, I've seen absolute 100% proof that Putin is controlling Donald Trump. Well, bring it out. It doesn't exist. They impeached him twice and they had nothing. Right now, they are trying to impeach him in in the, 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 the court of public opinion with the January 6th hearing. The sham, sham January 6th hearing. Shame on you, Liz Cheney. Shame on everybody on that unselect committee. Shame on anybody out there looking at this situation and what happened and buying into the official argument. Shame on anybody who called 2020 mostly peaceful protests. It's bullshit. There you go, Gopher. God doesn't pick perfect men. He picks men perfect for the task. God picked Donald Trump. Uh, absolutely, 100%. I don't think there's anybody here who can say that they're perfect. You know, it just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. But I can say that I know that what I'm doing with my life is making a difference. And I believe all of you are too. All right, you guys. I think we're going to call it a night right there uh, because I am getting very, very thirsty. <clears throat> we are way over. It's 1224. Let me see. Oh, uh, we got. Oh, Father Larry, I see you sent me some uh, some messages on uh, Foxhole. Father Larry looking to get his website ready and his organization. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll check that out after the show, Father Larry, and um, <clears throat> we'll talk about it off air. Let me just go through the thank yous over there on the Foxhole. J2 Dank once more. Castle Drummer says cheers. Porpoiseful says thank you for all you do. Polly says, I'm planning to leave Illinois. Is Colorado too left? Colorado is pretty left now. Yeah, but it's a beautiful state. I used to live in Boulder. I love the mountains. I absolutely loved Colorado while I was there, but there are a lot of morons there. Yes, get ready for it. Uh, J2 Dank, thanks again. Luan V says, it seems it is too late for many countries to preserve native culture. I don't ever think it's too late. I think that all you need is the resolve and the desire and the will to act and do it. It's only too late when total genocide has been committed and races of people have been wiped off the earth. Even then, there is the possibility 
that future generations can find that cultural heritage and and you know as much information as they can and they can preserve it in that way but i don't ever think it's too late i think that we all have an opportunity you just got to have the will to act uh but thank you lou v liberty bells love your red pill thank you thank you Country Girl 007 dropping a cookie. Rapture Ready says, you always bring the good stuff. Thanks. Thank you. Low Country Brooklyn says, follow Ingrid on Rumble. State of Sweden. This is actually uh, not Ingrid's channel. And I, I don't even think I said this. I meant to say it earlier. Ingrid is a public face and the, the people who made State of Sweden are anonymous. They reached out to me when they released the first episode of State of Sweden. I think it was a couple of months ago now. And uh, and they had asked if I would be willing to talk about it on the show because they're Swedish. It's a group of Swedish Anons. They wanted to make sure that I talked about it so that I could raise awareness because clearly, as we stated, the situation in Sweden is a boilerplate template for what they're doing to the rest of the world. And it's horrific what they've done. So... In order to have someone here, Swedish, with the knowledge of what was happening, that's why they put me in touch with Ingrid. And uh, Ingrid is a really cool lady. I, I really liked hanging out with her, and she said that she had a great time today, too. Um, but you can follow Ingrid on Twitter. So let me drop her Twitter into the chat. Thank you. I appreciate all of you more than you could possibly know. And I love being able to hang out with you guys on these live streams. Uh, so let me continue here. Wild 200X. Thank you for those shades. And Low Country Brooklyn. Oh, there you go. Low is always ahead of me with the links. Her and Debbie do incredible work. Thank you guys for being here all the time. PC Tech Pro dropping a cookie. Low Country Brooklyn says, Happy birthday, Mr. Vax. Happy birthday, Mr. Vax. Happy birthday, buddy. Appreciate you being here, man. Thank you. You spent your birthday with us tonight. You're the man. I, I think I saw you say in the chat that you were 62. So happy 62nd birthday. You know, guys, I was uh, thinking today about Dr. Zelenko. And he was only 48 years old. That's four years older than I am. 48. It's a shame. Low Country Brooklyn said the GOP in North Carolina has been entirely infiltrated by uniparty establishment elites. Every county of fight. And this is why it's so vitally important that you guys, every single one of you, get involved at your county level. You don't have to walk in and say, I'm an America first patriot. You don't have to walk in and say, I voted for Trump and I want more Trump. <laughs> I'm going to be like Trump if I get into politics. You don't have to say that. You want to infiltrate instead of invade, okay? And then once you're there, once you have positions, once you have some say-so in what's going on, then you can reveal yourself. We need to covertly take over the Republican Party. Once we control the Republican Party, we can make the platform of the Republican Party whatever we want. And what do we want? America first policies. America first policies. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, Lou Ann V, thank you for that can. Castle Drummer says you can borrow against a trust, never pay it back, and it still grows. Also, debt isn't taxed. I don't know how it works. And, and you know, I don't know. <laughs> if I was wealthy, I would have a trust and I would understand these things. Uh, we the people for justice. Thank you for the ship. Empress, good to see you. Uh, what the hell names a baby boy Robin? <laughs> Uh, deep state dirtbag elites name their kids Robinette. Uh, Pon Ponlo Picasso can't spell freedom without Ree! lefties be like Ree! the Batman says I believe the deep state killed off Dr. Zelenko just as I believe they killed George Carlin I thought about that today I'll be really honest with you when I learned that he was only 48 and the aggressive type of cancer that he had I thought that too because I wouldn't put it past them. Dr. Zelenko was dangerous to them. Off the leash, thanks for that cookie. One, two, three, SKG. Appreciate that can. Slug trail. Our fight is unending from here on out, so this never happens again. Absolutely. I'll tell you what I believe, too. I believe we have to win. It is a moral imperative that we beat the deep state. We have to succeed. And we have to make sure that this never happens in America ever again. PC Tech Pro says, great show. Much appreciated. And Sean Joe dropped a cookie. Thank you very, very much. Let me just make sure I didn't miss nothing else. All right. I didn't miss anything else. Thank you once again for being here, guys. Really appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. I will be back tomorrow with none other than... Nate Kane. Nate Kane, the Clinton Foundation whistleblower and the man who was raided by the FBI. Tomorrow, we're going to be able to talk about some of the aspects of Nate's whistleblowing activities, things that he has not to this point been able to discuss openly uh, because he's ready to just blow the lid on the whole thing. These are going to be important, important details. Probably won't be surprising to anybody because you and I, we've been following this carefully for a long time. But thank you for being here. I appreciate you guys. I'll be back tomorrow at 9. Good luck and God bless.